are you the king of the Jews? Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? <laughs> Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. So you are a king? You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. What is truth? A heartwarming welcome to the Kindling Podcast, presented to you by Celestial Zeitgeist Ministries. Here, we have uplifting conversations about the Word of God and the Christian faith. Together, let's begin the spiritual journey of bringing hearts to Christ, encouraging one another, and strengthening believers. I'd always thought, um, I'd always thought personally that when Pilate asked that question, and I could be wrong about this, but my mind about that is that the context in which he, he said that, you know, what is truth was more of what significance is truth. I mean, because you're here, right? And these people have accused you and you're here. So what's, what's the use, right? What's, what's, the, what's the point of truth? Um, almost in a sense that, I think it's an idiom uh, in a movie, I can't remember. It said something about, you know, in, in, in court, it isn't, it, isn't about, um, it isn't about what's true, it's about what you can prove kind of thing. Um, so, and I think that that was the context that Pontius Pilate was uh, responding to Jesus. Now, I could be wrong. But it kind of seems to go with, because the way he walked away after he asked that question, I've always found that kind of curious. Um, but then again, he could have been asking, um, but because of the pressure and everything going on. And it would indicate, you know, with the way he was questioning Jesus and asking, you know, questions about, about who he was, that he probably knew that Jesus Christ was innocent because you know, this crucifixion was the highest punishment you know reserved for criminals and interrogating jesus and probably i've heard a little bit about what jesus has been doing he did not want jesus to suffer this punishment that was set aside for actual criminals so you know, taking all of that, it's possible that he indeed was asking and perhaps maybe the pressure of, of the noise outside and, you know, the mob outside, he was not able to, to stick around for Jesus Christ to give him a response. But we, you know, we're having this conversation because the question of truth is a question that, you know, people still ask today. I mean, there's a whole area of philosophy still dedicated to finding out 
you know, what is truth? Uh, like the area of epistemology, for instance, trying to find out how we know what we know. Um, how can we prove that what we know um, is, is truth? So, but we're going to look at it first, you know, trying to, trying to define what is truth, especially from, that, from the perspective of the Bible. How does the Bible present truth? And then maybe from there, we can start to, we can start to explore um, other, other areas as well. So let me, let me, ask, you, let me ask you that. What, what, what do you think the Bible is trying to convey to us in its entirety about what truth is? The short answer is the Bible is effectively declaring that God is truth. Um, you know, th this, is, this is the question that it's where religion and, and philosophy converge. It is the biggest question um, that man has to grapple with. Truth is the highest of virtues. It's, the, it's, it's what everyone is essentially searching for. It's what we want to know. What is truth? Um, and like you said, you know, um, some people say truth is subjective. Others, you know, um, say, no, truth is objective. It, it can be known. Others say, well, it's, it depends. It depends on context. It depends on perspective. Um, and, and maybe it can't ever truly be known. But, you know, from, and this is a question that philosophers have grappled with since the beginning of time. Uh, but from the Judeo-Christian perspective, the argument is that God is truth. Uh, more specifically, the word of God is truth. Um, you know, if, if truth is the, is the highest of virtues, it is, it is synonymous with God. Um, in fact, I always say that the, the only thing that separates God from man um, if, if I could only pick one attribute that I would say separates God from man, is that, is, you know, is that God is truth. And uh, it, it reminds me of, uh, I think it's Numbers 23, um, you know, when, when Balak um, is, is uh, I can't quite remember the, the narrative, but Ultimately, uh, Balaam alt uh, begins to declare, you know, and he says, you know, is God a man that he should lie, right? Or the son of man that he should repent, you know, shall he say a thing and not do? And that's exactly the, 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 the entire claim of scripture regarding God. I, I remember, and I, I recall another scripture, you know, uh, where, you know, uh, the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but you know, not even a, a jot or a tittle of any word that has proceeded from the mouth of God um, will not be fulfilled. And that's effectively declaring that, ev that w whenever God speaks, that is truth. It is, it is absolute. It is, it is the, the beginning and end. It is the, the, the first and the last of, of creation. It is truth. Some of the struggle revolving around the question, what is truth, is that it can be difficult to articulate. Uh, for instance, the, the philosopher René Descartes' fav famous phrase, cogito ergo sum, I think therefore I am, is a statement meant to verify truth of existing, which has been argued 
carries within it presuppositions, but it at least brings us to a place where we can recognize that there is a difference between what is truth and what we believe to be true, that they're not the same thing. But when scripture tells us God is truth, it also seems to articulate it in God's ontology, which we find in Hebrews chapter 6, that it is impossible for God to lie. So therefore, this, this being that we call God cannot be anything else but truth, almost like a, like a one-sided coin, right? And, and such a being would be the standard by which we verify what is true. So the Christian has, has a grounding, has a foundation, right? That God is the basis of truth, of all truth. And with that grounding, then we work our way, we work our way from there. Um, I also think implicit in, in the Bible's declaration of that God is truth is also that God is all-knowing that it contributes to God being the truth, is that he knows all things. In a similar way that we look to experts in, in our respective fields to provide us truth in a matter um, that is based on their, on their expert or advanced knowledge right, of, of a particular subject matter. Right? And when we, when we listen to them or we ask, ask them because of the many years they've spent right, analyzing, testing maybe, or, or, or just their experience, we, we, we believe what they say. You know, we know it to be true because they are experts and they know. I think it's likewise the same thing with God. Being all-knowing, having all information contributes to the aspect of him, you know, God being, being truth. Um, because there is no information he does not know. Hi there. Hope you are enjoying the episode. So we realized that we didn't introduce ourselves. My name is Xiong. I'm Shi. And we are members of the Celestial Church of Christ and attend Celestial Sanctum Parish in Bloomington, California. We created the Kindling Podcast to showcase the sort of conversations we've had with each other over the years and continue to have. Uh, we hope it strengthens your faith and blesses you in Jesus' name. Please feel free to like, uh, share, subscribe, uh, to the podcast and all right back to the episode and i think that this truth of god of god being truth it's been in the it's been in the narrative of the bible since the beginning you know when we're looking at, when we're looking at genesis for instance right and god speaks to man his word and he says to 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 the man and the woman of every of every other tree you can eat but from this, um, you, cannot, you cannot eat from. And whenever I think about, you know, what the, the events of Genesis, right, every word that comes from God is truth, and we abide in that truth. But the moment, right, they ate of or they disobeyed and they violated the truth of God, right, all of a sudden, things began to, things began to, to, to change. And it's one of those things I, I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly or articulate, you know, articulate in a better way because we do know that there's a certain way that Adam and Eve lived. There was an experience that they had, right? One of those experience, experiences we know is that they were naked 
at least what we what we know as naked, right, without clothes. But they didn't seem to it didn't it didn't seem to affect them. It didn't seem to matter. They didn't even seem to think at the time that they were naked, even if it were cold. They never felt it. But and it's it's a it was a different experience as they were living in that truth of God. And the moment that they were lied to and they, they, they were manipulated, it's interesting that one of the first things that happens is that that experience they initially had, they didn't have it anymore. It, was, it became something else. All of a sudden, they realized that, whoa, we were, we were naked, right? And other things began to come in, like, you know, fear and, 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 and you know, desires for to be clothed, to, to, for other things as well. And, and I'm saying this because, you know, in, in, in the question of what is truth, there's also what is, why is truth important, right? Why is, why is, why is truth important? Because there is a way man is, there's a way man is supposed to live. There's a way, there's an experience that God intends for man. And that can only be achieved when a man st- remains in truth. So I, I'd like to pick your brain. What do you, what do you think about that, that proposition? Like, how does the Bible convey that to your own knowledge? Yeah, you know, I think, I think that the reason truth is important, I, I always say it like this, right? That I, I believe in God because I believe in justice, right? But you can't believe in justice if you don't believe in morality. And you can't believe in morality if you don't believe there's truth. And you can't believe there is truth if you don't believe that there is an arbiter of truth. There is a, a standard. There is a, a, a someone, something that determines what truth is. Right. If you know, if if and by justice I mean um, that there's there should be consequences for bad doings, for evil acts, for whatever. Right. There should be consequences because if you imagine that you live in a world where um, good things, bad things, uh, there were no consequences, then ultimately even good and bad have no meaning, and therefore, what is there is no justice. Right, because if good and bad have no meaning, if there's no morality, how can you carry out justice? And for you to enforce morality, well, the question we must then ask is, whose morality are we enforcing? Is it my morality, what I think is right or wrong, or your morality, what you think is right or wrong? Sometimes they might align, sometimes they might not. Who gets to decide? Right? Is it subjective? Is it me? Is it, you know, is, who gets to decide what, what right or wrong is? And then we, we take a step back from that and say, well, if we agree that there is a right or wrong, and so, then we say we, we agree that somebody has to decide. And that person who has to decide must necessarily be of a higher order than man. It can't, because why should I be subject to the rules and moralities of another man if, where, where, if he's just like me? So the morality, the, the, the truth that defines right and wrong, that defines morality, must be, must, the source of that must come from something higher than I, than the man, 
And so when you work back that way, you say, okay, now you can call that, you know, that truth itself is God. And from, from you know, in my, the way I experience Christianity and, and the, my, you know, my understanding of Christianity and the reason why I, I, I am a Christian is because for me, the arbiter of morality, of truth, is the word of God, is, is God himself. It is God and, and because, and the reason he is the arbiter is because he is the creator of all things. All things flow from him, right? But to the other question of, you know, uh, like you were saying, everyone is trying to, uh, you know, when, when you know, uh, Descartes makes that statement, what, what we're all really grabbing or, or trying to grab a hold of is what is real? What, does, what is reality? And, you know, even now this is the question that, you know, um, physicists are, are, are dealing with, right? You know, about some, some people say this, our, our, our entire universe, our entire world might just might merely be a projection, might not even be real. The question of, of is this real? Is our experience real? What is real? This is what we are attempting to grapple with. But I, I think of it this way, right? We cannot know truth, right? You and I, as we experience truth in our in our daily life like you said we typically approach experts um as a result of you know we trust their years of study uh, and as a result of observation things we've observed and we document and say hey this is phenomena that we we observe day in day out you know the sun rises uh in the east sets in the west you know we uh um the moon has an effect on the tides gravity these are things that we observe and so this, for us, this is reality. You know, the gravitational constant on this planet is reality for us. Um, but there's always, even with all of these things that we say, this is truth. This is the truth that governs our reality. There always is, exists a, a, a potential thing, a potential uh, uh, revelation. Let me use that word that could entirely unravel everything we think is truth. You know, I often kind of think, you know, uh, an alien species could one day just drop out of the sky and, and essentially reveal to us that a lot of the things we, you know, how we think things work are, is absolutely wrong, right? And, but, but that is exactly the point. Truth, you can only know truth by revelation. You can only know truth only when it is revealed to you. Man cannot discover truth. Truth is revealed. This is, this is my, my perception on things, right? Truth is revealed, either in nature, either in, in the, it's because, and by that I mean we observe it, it is revealed only when, you can only know something when it reveals itself to you, right? If something never reveals itself to you, you, you cannot know for sure whether it is true, whether it exists, so on and so forth, right? Similar to, to how when Jesus asked the disciples the question, you know, who do men say that I am? Exactly. Right? And then asks, the, asks them again, well, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter gives that response. Exactly. And then he says, you know, flesh and blood has not revealed this to exactly. my Father in heaven. Yep. Yeah. Everyone's... everyone's opinions of Christ at that point were all, were all equally valid. Some people thought it was Isaiah, some people thought it was Jeremiah, some people thought it was one, one of the other prophets. Yes, that, that's, that's them and they're, what they're trying to, grap, to grapple with as truth. 
But Christ is asking, but what is the actual truth? And the, and the reason he praises Peter is because that Peter, or Peter didn't discover that truth on his own. It wasn't the, the product of him. Uh, of whatever he would, he would have said naturally would have been his own opinion. The revelation of the Spirit is yeah. what affirmed that to be true. And so right. this is why, it, it, for me, it is, you know, uh, why I, I hold fast to the Christian faith. Because for me, it is the religion that offers the claim that uh, to be true because God has revealed himself. It is not man grappling with the idea of the divine. It is the, it's the other way. The divine has revealed itself to man. This is what Paul was saying to the Athenians, right? And this is apt for the discussion that we're having, right? You know, he was debating, you know, he was on Mars Hill, you know, talking with the Epicureans, the Stoics, you know, the, the, the Greek philosophers of the day. And he says to them, you know, all different cultures, all different, um, you know, peoples, they've all been trying to grapple with the divine, trying to understand God in their own way, right? So if you were Egyptian, you would, you would be, you know, the, the gods to you were the Egyptian pantheon, you know, the Osiris and Set and Anubis and Ra, right? If you were Greek, it was, you know, Zeus and, and you know, Hera and Poseidon and Hades. If you were Yoruba, it would be, you know, uh, Orumila, Ludumare, um, yeah. you know, Shango, uh, Ogun. Uh, if you were Igbo, it'd be Amadioha, etc., etc. Right? All different yeah. cultures had their pantheons. Of, they were. Paul says everyone was trying to grapple with this idea of the divine. And Paul says, but those times of ignorance, God looks over because no one, no one knew better. But now, right. because God has revealed Himself, He's re, He's made truth known as a result of revelation. In those times. He had not yet revealed himself until really when he first revealed himself to Moses via the burning bush or to Abraham until, you know, to a few select people who received a revelation of God. But man and naturally, man, uh, you know, globally, up until the advent of Christ had not yet received a revelation of the divine. So you could be excused for not knowing what truth was. And so when we, when we, read, when we you know, look at you know, the question of, with Pilate, when Pilate asked what is truth, it is interesting that he couldn't see that the revelation truth was what was staring him directly in the face. Truth was what stood directly in front of him. And that's typically with man, right? We, you know, so many times, and I'm sure every, you know, we can all relate, where the truth is staring at us right in the face and we can't even see it. Jesus is the revelation of the divine to the world, to man. And therefore, and again, he's the word of God. The word spoken from the beginning. That is how we, you know, from a, a Judeo-Christian perspective, we can, we can, we can say, yes, we, we know the truth. Not because we in of ourselves discovered it. The claim of the Christian faith is that, no, the divine has revealed itself to us. Yeah, <laughs> I think... That, 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 brings, that brings it home, especially when Christ would reveal to his disciples in telling them that I am the way, uh, the truth, and the life, right? That is that revelation um, that, he, that you know, he, he reveals to them. But I also think, you know, it, it, in, okay, in, 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 outlining, in outlining that, right, truth um, revealed to us by God, there's also, you know, the, the follow-up question, which is a little bit of what I was trying to touch on to um, the last time was, 
why is then, you know, this truth important? What is the importance or significance of truth? And the reason I ask is because, you know, we live in a world where we're constantly investigating. As human beings, we're, we're constantly investigating. And in our investigation, we're, try, we're, try, we're experiencing a bunch of things and trying to filter out the truth so that by that truth, we can act accordingly, right? Um, and we do it all the time. We do it every day. You know, even the, the decision to, to go to school, the decision to marry, the decision to have kids, decision just to, you know, get in your car and go somewhere. We're constantly trying to filter out the truth so that we can live accordingly. And now I know th this is probably like on a low resolution, but I think that even on a higher resolution, and by higher resolution, I mean like what the Bible tells us, there is something, there's a correlation between truth and life. All right, we're talking about, you know, why is truth significant? There's a correlation between truth and life that if one does not abide in the truth, one cannot inherit or one cannot lay hold on life, right? Proverbs, Proverbs uh, 10, 17, all right, says, he who keeps instruction is in the way of life. And now, if we imagine that instruction to be the word of God, because again, when, when, when Proverbs is, talk, is talking about instruction, I think the highest virtue for the writer of Proverbs was wisdom, right? He will constantly talk about wisdom, right? Being the highest virtue. And again, that wisdom or that instruction comes because instruction usually comes from someone that has authority, someone that knows more than we do, right? It's almost like a hierarchical, uh, it's, a, it's a hierarchy. Uh, um, it's something that you find in a hierarchical structure, like a parental structure. Parents instruct their children because they have experience. They have lived several years um, more than their children. And to keep them in line and to keep them from not making those mistakes, parents will instruct a child the ways teachers instruct students, right? Because they know more. And Solomon would write this in Proverbs chapter 10, right? Um, this instruction is no doubt the instruction of God because God, again, is all-knowing. And he who is all-knowing, when he gives us instruction, and that instruction being his word, and that word being the truth, it keeps us in the way of life. That's the way, that's what I, I see as the, 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 the reason, the significance of what truth is. Because as you've so astutely put it, right, you know, what in, in, the, in, in, in the definition of truth, in the way the Bible um, defines it for us in that revelation. But there's also the other part where man can ask, you know, okay, then what use is it? What is the significance of truth? What, because if you remember, I was saying that Pontius Pilate could very well you know, I've been asking that question in that context that what is truth? With all the truth you're talking about, you're still here, right? Um, but what in your, what in your, in, in your observation or based on what you've, what you've encountered in scripture, um, what, what do you see as, you know, the, the significance of truth? I see it as it's, it's, it's without, without truth. We cannot make it to life. We cannot inherit the life, the perfect fullness life of life that God wants us to experience without, without truth.
What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, t- I completely agree. I think you you touched on something really really um, salient when you mentioned, you know, that in the day that you know Adam and Eve disobeyed God and essentially departed from instruction and uh, gave themselves over to falsehood. It's I you know there, there's a lot I I've always you know in reading the the Genesis account I've always you know felt that there's a lot missing there about the change, not just, you know, and the, I, I do think, you know, the Bible hints at this in, in many p- parts of scripture, you know, for example, where Paul talks about all of creation is groaning, desiring earnestly to, you know, to kind of cast off this corruption as a result of man, you know, what, you know, the, the sin of man, right? Um, I think all of reality changed in that moment. And I think the claim of Christianity is that all falsehood will pass away. The only thing that will, will, will remain is truth. And so that's, so if you and I are not abiding in truth, we too will pass away, right? And I think that's the, mean, that's the deeper meaning of when God says, every word that comes out of my mouth, it says, you know, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never, because he is truth, his word, is truth and he says abide in me and I in you right and exactly like you the scripture you rightly pointed out I am the way the truth and the life that Christ if you that is the that is the important that is how Christ ties this entire picture or puts this entire picture together brings it into focus all that is false will pass away in because it is not real because it is not truth and the it, it is not the it is not the creation of God, if you will. It is it is it is not it, it cannot abide in the the structure that God the fabric of reality that God has woven together. Truth cannot be I mean falsehoods cannot be sewn into that fabric, and so it it, it fades away. It it must be excised away. And so for me, the, the, the reason why truth is important is, is exactly as you say. If man is to live the, the, and have the fullness of the experience as God, you know, in the day he was made in the image and likeness of God, then man must abide in truth. Outside of that, man's existence has no meaning, has no purpose. It is it is it is uh, a arbitrary ex- experience. It's a it's a meaningless existence. Yeah, you know, even though if we if we look if we interpret Pilate's question um, the way you know uh, the kind of way you said you proposed, maybe we can also look at it where he's saying, well, ultimately, what does it matter what truth is? You're still in this predicament regardless, whether you're telling the truth or not, whether you know whatever whatever everything you said is true or not, you're standing here before me ready to be judged. Right. And, and, and if there if truth doesn't matter, then pilot, you know, if we if we take that to be Pilate's interpretation when he, you know, or to his point when he makes that question, then he's entirely correct. The only thing that matters is now. The only thing that matters is now. And that's why I think Paul writes and says, you know, if only in this life we have the hope of Christ. He says we have we who are Christians in particular says are of all men the most miserable. He says, because therefore, why waste your time? He says, why not just eat, drink, 
and be merry for tomorrow you die. And that's exactly right. If truth doesn't, if there, if, if truth doesn't matter, the only thing that matters is the now. No, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you know, going back again to like the low resolution. And again, when I say low resolution in this context, I mean like in the secular world, our, our day-to-day um, experiences. When we, when we talk about truth and when we're dealing in the truth and why even we want to know the truth and the way we, when we feel a, some type of way, when, let's say, someone does not tell us the truth, right? Um, it's because, it's not only just because maybe the person, the person does not tell us the truth, you know, or giving us the accounts exactly as they are. It's even more so that the person causes us to walk in a way we wouldn't have walked or acted in a way we wouldn't have acted if perhaps we knew the truth. It's almost as if the, you know, the person who's lying or doing the lying right, is now causing us to exist in an alternate reality. Right? Um, and what I mean is this, it's, you know, it's like, what's a, what's a basic example I can use? It's like someone telling me, for instance, that, oh, tomorrow, meet me at the street and I will give you some money, all right? And I say, oh yeah, absolutely, great. I'll meet you tomorrow. But then I show up tomorrow and the person isn't there. It isn't just the fact that the person told me a lie. It is also, you know, compounded with that, is that that person made me hope, that, pers- that person made me wake up early, that person made me do all of these things, you know, drive my car to that street they made me act in a way I wouldn't have acted, right? I would probably have stayed home and done something else and given my time to something else, but they made me walk in a way that I wouldn't have based on the word that is untrue, that they, that, you know, they, they communicated to me. And I think that's very important because I think I said earlier that what is truth and what we believe to be true are not the same thing, right? Because there is something to be said about believing something to be true and finding out that it isn't true, but the whole time you were, you were, um, you were operating in that realm of what you believe to be true. And what I'm aiming at, right, is what Jesus says in, uh, I, can't, I think it's in John, where he says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free or make you free. And what is it setting us free from? Um, and I think... This theory, you know, also holds true, you know, in, in, in the fact that, you know, when, when, when Jesus calls the devil the prince of this world, right, I think it isn't just the fact that maybe he was dubbed the prince of this world. I think it is also because in the lie that he told, he caused us to walk in this reality that is not the truth of God, that is not, that does not that you know does not hold the fullness of God's truth because hmm. what holds the fullness of of God's truth was what Adam and Eve lived in it's what they experienced in the first moments of creation yeah, the reality like, they were in they were in exactly. yes he shaped a new I, I like this analogy because it I think it it gives a really good f- visual right in him telling the lie and in us essentially beginning to inhabit that it shaped a new reality exactly oh you know in the example you were giving right and i was thinking you know someone promised to give me a million bucks tomorrow morning you know 6 a.m in the morning right yeah. 
from the moment they told me that all my I'm essentially living under this world, this new reality they've shaped for yeah. me. Right? And then I was thinking as you were saying that, but then what if I received a revelation that told me actually, you know what? You know, that this person does not intend to give mm, you like that, that million dollars. Yep. That has actually that has set me free. That hope, all the hoping and dreaming, you know, the way I was already planning to spend that money and all the, you know, the, the, everything I, you know, that I was, I was getting ready to go to bed early yeah. so I can wake up early, all that. Yep. I, I realized I don't have to do all of that. It isn't true. The, you know, all the actions I would have taken, all the, you yeah. know, the, 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 the possibility, yeah. the preparation, all the, the thoughts I would have imagined, the, you know, the things I would have, I would have done. That reality that is shaped for me. Because I've received the revelation that nope, that isn't true. Yeah, I've ex- I've essentially been made free. I'm broken out. I've been made free. Yeah. I, so I I, re- I think you know your the the that perspective is is a really powerful one. I think you know in in that the the, the moment man succumbed to to Satan's deceit, he essentially shaped a new reality that we continue to inhabit to this day. Yeah. No, absolutely. Right? That's that's. That's, you know, in reading Genesis, and that's why I love reading, you know, every now and then I'll go back to Genesis because there's always something new to extract from that, from that narrative. Another, another analogy I was also looking into, you know, based on the way the Bible presents truth. And now, you know, one of those, those truths that the Bible will speak about, especially concerning us, is that, you know, as we human beings are sinful and that isn't something that it isn't something we can we can we can we can deny right it's 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 something that if we were honest with ourselves we will definitely um observe the truth of the bible in this regard right because even when we're talking about sin right in its in its in its original definition it's a matter of accuracy right we're talking about targeting and sin is to miss the target because clearly there's, a, there's supposed to be a bullseye, there's supposed to be a precision and accuracy that we're supposed to have, but we don't have it, right? Uh, and perhaps we had it, of course we had it in the beginning, but we, it shifted because man believed what he was not supposed to believe, right? And, and then we were caused to walk in an alternate way. And from that moment on, we've been missing the mark ever since. And the Bible explains to us, right, one of the truths the Bible communicates to us is that man always misses the target. The way I try, the way I try to understand it is like how, as most of us as human beings, um, cannot uh, cannot draw a straight line, you know, freehand. You know, if if you try to draw a straight line with just your with just a freehand, you know, it's it's a very difficult task. It's all it's almost near impossible. But if we wanted to draw a really straight line, right, we would need to implore the use of a tool, right? We would need a straight edge or a ruler to help us, you know, um, at- achieve that that feat of, you know, of a straight line. And and this is curious. This is interesting to me because we think of the instruction of God, the truth as that straight edge that keeps us in that way of life, right? The instruction of God, you know, the word of God, keeping us in, the stri- in that straight line. And without it, we would never be able to achieve, you know, the straightness that, that the, you know, which is the outcome that we want, right? We, 
every attempt we make without that straight edge would always be crooked. No matter even how close it might look, how it might look semi or semi-precise, but it's never precise. And looking at it in that way kind of helps me, you know, fully understand the limitations of man. Even, you know, trying to achieve that straightness, you know, that, 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 that path of life, trying to live in, in truth, but he's unable to without a guided process. I think Christ articulated it, you know, for you when he's, you know, he's, he, you know, rebuffs the devil and says, you know, it is written, man, right, shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, right? The word of God is that straight edge. It's that, it's that ruler that allows you to draw a straight line from one end of the paper all the way across to the other. Right? Yeah. And, and, you know, if, if, without that aid, without that guide, you couldn't do it on your own. Yeah. That is, that is the, the, the truth that Christianity presents, right? That man is in need of God, in need of the word of God, in order, man is in need of truth, in order to live uh, the fullness of existence, of creation. I think this is a good place to, to, to land, uh, to land for, for this discussion. Of course, there's always, there's always uh, much to explore in the area of truth. Um, thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you for, uh, for listening and uh, catch you on the next episode.